Hello, my name is Latasha Ramsey Cyprian. I live in the United States. Live, I'm from Louisiana. Hello, and welcome to Obehi Podcast. I'm your host, Obehi Ewanfo, and I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now, let's get started with this episode. I work professionally in HR. I own a credit repair business called Optimum Life Credit Solutions. I'm also an author and a speaker. Thank you so much, dear Latasha. Um, this conversation that we are having is a very important one because um, all that have to do with money within the African diaspora community is a very important conversation because, of course, like you will also know because you work in this sector, this is something that we don't talk about often as if it is not important with that. It is vital to the survivor of our community to be able to build infrastructure and build our life. It is important. But before we dive into that, I'd like to know more about you. In fact, our audience would like to know more about you because here we are intentional about our story. Could you tell me uh, about your childhood, where you grew up? We're trying to get sort of the background about you now. Help me with that. Yes, definitely. So I grew up in a small town, Vita Springs, Louisiana. Uh, my mother and father, uh, we had, I was the only daughter. I have two brothers. I have an older brother and a younger brother. Growing up, my father was a landscaper, so he was self-employed. So I've always seen him from a little girl be an entrepreneur. He was a business owner, worked long hours, um, you know, always taught us about saving for rainy days because when his line of work, if it's raining, he's, you know, cutting grass, he doesn't, he doesn't make money if it's raining. So he always stressed the importance of saving for rainy days. You know, you never know, don't spend more than you have. So I've always been instilled with that growing up. Um, my mother, after all of me and my siblings were in school, she actually started working with my father as well. So then it became a family business. Then whenever I got older, my brothers got older, we also worked for the family business as well. I was answering the phones um, at a young age, taking messages from my father, also out doing the yard work, cutting grass, <laughs> raking, messing with the plants. I mean, you name it, I was doing it. So Hard work is what I know. I mean, on Saturday mornings, it was no sleeping in. It was like, get up. <laughs> we got things. <laughs> get out and work. <laughs> yeah. So, but you know what? At that time, I didn't really understand the importance of it. But now, of course, as an adult, I definitely understand that's where I got my work ethics from because I have no problem with getting up, going to work as well. Um, graduated from high school. Started college. I called myself taking a semester break. My semester break turned into a 12-year break. Um, so I eventually went back to school in my 30s, um, started with my associate's degree. Then I said, okay, because at that time I had children. Then I ended up getting my bachelor's degree. And then I pushed myself a little farther. And then I was able to get um, my master's degree at the age of 39. I like that word you used there, push yourself a little harder. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to see. I was like, okay, well, can I do it? So I, it was a short-term goal. But then after I realized I could achieve that short-term goal, okay, well, let's reach for something higher. 
You know, then it, you know, it always reminds me of we can do whatever we put our minds to. It's all in our mindset. I love that again. You see, uh, in the beginning of, um, actually, in the ending of last year, as we're moving into this year, I set out a goal for myself. Uh, okay, okay, I'm a content creator. I say, okay, this uh, year, the year that we are going into, which is 2022, I'm going to publish 500 articles. Of course, I'm not going to write all of them. I'm going to get some people to write for me. Of course, I paid them. We are now living in a digital world. Everything becomes easier now within this area. Uh, then, as we move into the year, as we, I just see everything beginning to fall into place. What I'm trying to st state by that, now I've gone beyond that now, uh, because I set it up for a year. I want to accomplish this one in a year. By the end of 2022, I should have been able to publish 500 articles. Awesome. Now, the point is that if I didn't set that goal for myself, I couldn't have accomplished it. Because how could you possibly accomplish what you don't have in your mind? Correct. So I, I, I like the goal. I like the way you put it. The goal is very important. Then you achieve it. Then you push yourself a little harder. Then you can see that you can do even more. All these are very important for our community, for our, the diaspora community, because it is very important. We must understand that we have almost superpower, but if we don't use it, it just lies there. All right, wow. Latasha, tell me, how did you get into business? This is important now. Business. Okay, so <laughs> like I said, growing up, I saw my father as a business owner. Once he passed away, he passed away in 2017, and then my mother, she actually became self-employed. Sorry about that, Latasha. Yes, thank you. Um, so whenever he passed away, and I'm sorry, in 2007, 2007, my mother, she had to actually, you know, because she was working with him, so now she needed to start working, you know. So she ended up becoming an entrepreneur herself. She's a cleaning business, so she cleans, you know, homes for people. So I've always had two strong parents that have just entrepreneurship <laughs> skills from as I was younger. And during the uh, COVID, I said, okay, because because I've been doing credit repair for years for myself, for my family members. But during COVID in 2020, I had free time to where I was stuck in a home. I said, okay, let me actually make this official because I saw so many people were affected by losing jobs, um, you know, losing family members. Um, they were not able to purchase homes. So at that time, I decided to actually make it official and register my business, set everything up officially. So I've actually been in business for myself for since 2020. All right, that's great. That's great. You are fortunate now, sort of, no? That you have uh, a parent that already sort of saw in you the entrepreneurial spirit. That is also, again, very important, no? Because it depends on who do we associate with. The people we associate with have a way of influencing us. And this is, this is true in almost all the cases. So that is very important. And I want to believe that there are some people who do not understand what is even meant by credit repair. Do you want to say anything about that? Yes, definitely. So we, everyone has a credit score. You can actually start establishing credit as a young teen, far as young as the age of 13 and 14. You know, parents can add their children on their cards, credit cards as authorized users. So you're actually starting to establish a teenager's credit before they even graduate high school. 
But if you don't establish credit or if you have bad credit far as collections or medical bills, repossessions, bankruptcies, if, if your information is inaccurate reporting to the credit bureau by law, you can dispute those items. And if you dispute those items, those items can be removed from your credit repair if the credit bureaus cannot verify that the debt belongs to you. When the items are removed, a lot of times it results in cleaning your credit profile, also resulting in higher credit scores, which is better because then you can have lower interest rates. You can have better opportunities. You can get a vehicle with no down payment if you're at that right credit score threshold as well. I like that. That is something I was reading there. No? He said, our company strive in providing exceptional customer service. I, I think that is, um, okay, sorry, let me bring myself in so you can see my face. <laughs> I think that is that is very important today when we talk of businesses, which is the business that have to do with service. I don't know if you want to expand a bit on that. We are interested in the way you are structuring the system now. That is important for us. Correct. With credit repair, this industry, unfortunately, there's a lot of people that say that they do credit repair. There's a lot of people that scam and take people's money. So this is an industry that I felt that it was very important to provide exceptional customer service. I want to build relationships with my clients. I want to know them on a first name basis. You know, they can reach out to me directly. They're not just a number. They're actually someone that, you know, is working towards getting their credit repaired. So it's, it's very crucial, very important to provide customer service because word of mouth for me is how I get majority of my clients by providing good service, going the extra mile, not just disputing the items, but also educating. My goal is that when they graduate my program, they can live a life debt-free. They will know the, the tools and have the resources that they can continue to have good credit so that they won't go back to having bad credit. It's a change in the mindset. You have to shift your mindset from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, but it can be done. It can be done with the right the right education, the right tools, and the right coaching as well. From good customer service to the community now, and I think you also use the word education. I think this is where I would like you to spend some time explaining to us. How do you go about educating the people about even the importance of credit, of good credit? Because now until the people understand what it means, they're not going to put, they're not going to lay emphasis on that. They're not going to put effort in building it. So when we talk about the diaspora community, in this case, we are looking at the United States. What is actually, the, 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 how do you approach this education, this community education about good credit score? Help me understand that. So I take it from a standpoint where I'm not going to allow the, the school systems to teach my, my children about credit because that, this is the subject that should be taught it's taught in some schools, but it's not taught in all schools. I believe that it should be taught. It should be a, a class that is that required before seniors even graduate from high school because it's definitely needed. So a lot of times our children are not set up for success. So what I do, I bring it to the youth. I start, you know, my children off very young, explaining them the difference between a want versus a need. 
do you want candy or do you need candy? <laughs> you know, so I explain that to them because I want them to understand you, things are not just going to be given to you. You actually have to work for it, save for it. Um, I love educating the community. I host seminars. I host seminars for the youth. I host seminars for high school seniors, for college graduates, for first-time home buyers. So I put myself out there in the community. I provide resources to where if someone truly wants to learn the information, I'm there to provide the information to them. Because how can you learn something that you were not taught? So if your parents didn't know, nine times out of 10, you might not know. So I take it upon myself to help educate because I feel like this is how the education piece of it is how we break the generational curses, help to build the generational wealth as well. Mm -hmm. Those two terms, they are important. We are going to come to them later on. <laughs> yeah. All right. But then how, how do the people in the community react to it? All right. Now, before you respond, I want to clarify one point here that money is very important for us, the diaspora community, you know? <laughs> It is important. Why not? Because everything is around it. I'm not saying money is the only thing that we must uh, focus on, but it is so important because you want to buy something, you're going to need money. You want to build hospital, you're going to need money. You want to even do charity work, you're going to need money. So there is no way you are not going to need money. You want to even open a supermarket in your local community, you're going to need money. You want to publish books, you're going to need money. So the question of money should be important. Like you said, it should be taught in every school. But like we know, it's not only in the United States, all across. They don't give quality education about money. It's supposed to be taught like you teach A, B, C, D, like we teach science, like we teach technology. We should teach people about how money works. Because we need money, but we don't understand how it works. So we continue to work for money instead of the money working for us. So I want, I want your reaction to that. <laughs> well, you said a mouthful because you're right. We Our money should work for us. And I, it's terrible because these children, they don't, they, they're not taught it. Um, and it's just, I don't know the reason why I feel like it should be taught. I know that it should be taught. Um, it adds to think about the, the debt, the debt that, people are graduating from college with because of loans, student loans, you know, maybe they didn't know, okay, well, if I work, maybe I can help pay for my college education, or maybe I can apply for these grants. A lot of times the information is not given, provided to us. And by the time someone graduates college in their early twenties, they're already in debt. So it's hard for them to fi find a good job, have a good job, and actually live the American dream per se, if they're in debt and they're paying off bills, which then turns to stressful situations, higher divorce rates. It's definitely, uh, it's, it's, there's so much negative associated with not knowing, not having the knowledge of money. Having, being able to be financially literate is less stressful, I believe, because you know, how to save, you know how to plan for the future. Um, you know, if you want something, okay, let me save for it. It's just having that knowledge. But when you don't have that knowledge, then you're unfortunately 
teaching others what you don't know and just passing on bad habits and, you know, not, just because of not, not having the information, which is terrible. It's terrible. Uh, it is really terrible. <laughs> and because you have to do with mindset, you did make mention of growth mindset and fixed mindset before, because it is important. Uh, and I want to believe that you sometimes also go and sample opinion in your community, whether in Louisiana or another part of the United States, uh, um, to know what the people are thinking. So that thinking for me now is important. What do people really think about money? What kind of idea do they have about money? Since, like we are saying here, it is essential to building our communities. Correct. So when I first started providing seminars, a lot of times people did not show up. I was providing free seminars. I would post it on social media for, for a month at a time. I would spread the word and people were not showing up. And at first I was like, okay, why are people not showing up? I'm giving free nuggets, free gems. I'm helping you. I'm telling you what to do. It, you know, I understand that sometimes people don't always, um, people don't always, you know, take free information. They don't value free information at times. But what I had to also realize that my purpose is regardless of who shows up, I need to still continue to do my part by providing these services and people will come. The people will come a lot of times. Like you, I said earlier, it's the mindset. They feel I don't have it. I don't need it. Or I'll just pay cash for things. I'll just pay cash. or I'll wait till next year. Um, I'll get a I'll get a, a co-signer to purchase a home, I mean, purchase a vehicle, but why should you get a, a co-signer if you're in your forties, you should want to be able to have established credit to where you can go somewhere and say, this is the car that I want, where far as a car dealer, dealer's man won't say, okay, well, I ran your credit, but you have to go to the U side because with your credit score, you can get this vehicle. You're not going to be able to get that vehicle. So it's just the people, a lot of times the people are just not wanting the information. They're so used to living how they've been living for years to where it's become normal for them. It's a normal everyday. Struggling is normal. It should not be normal. But when you've done it for so many years, a lot of people have that mindset, well, I'll just pay cash or I'll just wait or I don't need it when you definitely have other options and you can live a, a better lifestyle even if just by having the knowledge, having the understanding. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing struck me when you were explaining, if I when you started to uh, explain the, the last question, no, in that you were offering free service, no, free training about uh, financial literacy, and people didn't want to show up. This is what is the most difficult part of the equation. Yes. And it's not like in our community, there are no people that are gathering for events, you know? And what is true there in Louisiana is true. If you go to some places in England or here in, in, in Italy, I live in Italy or in France or in Germany. Because we have found, because our project is coming from a research. We have been finding out about this, you know? That if you were to set up a meeting today, right in Verona where I live or in Louisiana where you live, and this meeting that's going to be a lot of drinking and eating and shouting, it will be full of yeah. the diaspora, no? Mm -hmm. But come, let's talk about money, how to build yeah. something. A lot of, uh, many people will not come. 
But what is responsible for that? If we now are saying that knowing how money works is the only way you are going to be able to get out of this rat race and build your fortune yourself, why are people not interested in learning about that? Instead of going to places where they will be shouting all the time, drinking, and they will be fully all those places. What is your explanation? My, my opinion of that is people pay for what they want to pay for. Just how people will pay for $200 shoes, $500 purses, $300 hair. They pay for what they want to pay for. They'll say credit repair is expensive. In reality, what's expensive is having bad credit because when you have bad credit over your lifetime, you're going to pay higher rates due to higher interest rates. So you're paying all this money because of your bad credit. But it's not the fact that credit repair is expensive. It's that it's not a priority to you at this at this moment. Um, a lot of times people come to me on the they'll say, I want to get a home next month. OK, what's your credit score? 500. Okay, well, we need more time than that. Why? So it's like they want things done overnight. They want quick fixes. They want microwave results. You actually have to work. It's teamwork. You have to work together and it takes time. I remind people, did you mess up your credit overnight? And they're like, no. Okay, so you can't expect me to fix something <laughs> overnight that it took you years to, you know, get into a, a, a low score. So it's just people, a lot of times people pay for what they want. You're right. If it's a party, oh, they'll be there, you know, but if it's a seminar talking about credit and building, building your communities, some people just they don't find interest in it. Or they don't think that it's something that they could benefit from. I think also people are embarrassed. They are embarrassed that they don't know the information. And I always say, don't be embarrassed. If you don't know it, you don't know it. And that's why I'm here to help. It's embarrassment. It's, um, you know, people don't want others judging them. So they'll say, well, I wanted to come, but I didn't know who was going to be there. So I didn't want someone to see me that I know in the community. I'm like, well, if they're there, they're there for the same reason. We're all learning together. So also that's the problem. Just lack of just people are not wanting others to, it's pride. People are putting their pride in the way as well. Pride isn't going to fix your credit though. And proud, they say, go ahead before you fall. <laughs> <laughs> you, you see, Latasha, like I was saying before, our project started uh, from a research. Uh, when I came to Italy, at a point, I was asking, because I've always done this, I've, I'm a very curious person. So I always wanted to know more because I believe I, I don't know enough. So I continue to ask questions. So I live in Verona. So at the point I was asking, who were the first Africans in this city of Verona where I live in Northern Italy? So I was trying to find something I could read about it. There was really nothing I could read about it. So I, I said, okay, let me do it. Let me be the first to write about the first Africans in this city. Because many of them have been here, some of them for 40 years. So let's try to collect their story and put it together. So that is how the project started in 2013. What we found is that, because of course, in the beginning, we didn't think we were going to develop it into a podcast and an e-learning platform that we have today. Uh, we just wanted to find out, you know. And what I found out in the course of this research, 2013 to 15, and up to 2018, is that 
in a community where a lot of people are complaining all the time of racism, of discrimination, and all the rest of the million complaints that we want to accuse other people, as sometimes ourselves for, there are a lot of people that are qualified to help themselves. So what we said then is, okay, why don't we collect this idea and put it also at the service of the community? And of course, in this case, we are no longer concentrated only in Verona or in Veneto or in Italy. All of us, we are together now, the African diaspora community. What can we teach each other? What can we learn from each other? That is how the project started. And now we have an e-learning platform where you can say, currently as we are speaking, it's open, it's free. Anybody can join. But people still do not want to join. This is the hardest part of it because it cannot be cheaper than free. Yeah. All right. This is the question. How do you build up credit score? Because now the knowledge is there for some people, but not everybody knows how to do that. I want you to share with them because the knowledge is not completely missing in the community. Yes, it is. So credit repair, credit scores is strategic. You have to have a certain number of type of items, um, certain accounts you have to have. It's a mixture. It's good to see, to have a credit card. It's good to have a loan. Um, you can't have a lot of hard inquiries when you have a lot of hard inquiries, which is when you apply for a lot of accounts when they run your social. When you run them, when they run your social a lot, it knocks your scores down. So credit cards are great. A lot of people are saying, tell me that they're scared of credit cards. They were always told not to get a credit card. A credit card can help you when you use it correctly. Keyword is correctly. You have to keep a low credit utilization. You have to pay your bills on time as well. Um, I tell my clients, use under 10%. So if you have a $200 credit limit, don't use more than $20 a month and pay it off, pay it before the due date. Uh, pay, you know, you can, doing that itself, keeping the, having more available credit, um, make, making your payments on time, that will help you as well. There's also items such as credit building accounts. Credit building accounts are geared to help build your credit. So if you only have negative items on your credit report, far as late payments, medical bills, collections, you, you're going to need a positive item on your credit score, on your credit report. The positive items could be, like I mentioned, credit card. It could be a credit building account as a loan. And this can, once you make your payments on time, of course it takes a couple months, but once you make your payments on time, keep your credit utilization low, then your scores will rise. It's very strategic. You just have to know that one late payment can really hurt your score. One late payment can knock your score anywhere from 50 to 100 points. So I always, always preach, I always say, make sure you pay your bills on time. That's that's very important. And not to max out our credit cards. When we max out our credit cards or have high utilization, that makes our credit our credit scores go down as well. So paying your credit on paying all your credit cards on time, keeping your, your credit utilization under 10%. Um, the lower percentage the better. You know, and just not applying for a lot of items. When you pay on time, then you're avoiding 
getting collection items. So that's also helping you not to get um, negative items on your report. So it's definitely possible. You just have to make sure that you you treat it like it is something of value. It's, it's your credit. You treat it like you treat your shoes, like your hair. It's because it's very important. And if you, the better you take care of it, the better it's going to take care of you as well. Thank you for that. You're that welcome. is important. You first of all need to take care of it, then it can take care of you back. <laughs> I like that. Um, before you were making mention of breaking generational costs. Um, now we're looking at the the diaspora community. You no, know? this is something that is very important uh, for us to understand. You no, know? uh, how do you approach that? What do we make? I want you to say something more about that. Yes. So I feel like it's just best for me just to be honest and just tell people, you know, hey, you have children that you're raising. You know, do you really want your children to struggle with their finances the way that you struggle with your finances? If not, let me help you. That will allow you to be able to pass on this information to your children as well. Because unfortunately, it is a vicious cycle. You know, if you saw your your mom using credit cards, maxing them out, or there's even some children where when they were younger, their parents were putting bills in their names. They're putting like cable bills in their names, you know, um, credit card bills in their names. So by the time the person became an adult, they had bad credit, not knowing why, but their parents were putting bills in their names. So that's all. But why would parents do that kind of thing? Is, why? Why? Parents usually should invest for the for the children, not put credit. Why would they do that? Yeah, I've, I've had people, I have clients that parents have put cell phones in their names, um, cable bills in their names. I think a lot of time is the parent has bad credit. They're not able to get the item. So they're giving, they're providing their children social security. And that's all, that's just messing their child up because now they have these negative items on their report. But it does happen. It's terrible, but it, it happens. That is really terrible. That is a bad attitude parents should avoid because it's like you are setting up your child uh, for, for challenges, for difficulty in life. Mm -hmm. I don't think that is a good attitude. <laughs> Not at all. Not at all. But we can help our children, like I mentioned, um, by um, adding them as authorized users on our cards. But of course, those credit cards have to be in good standing. You have to make sure that you're paying your bills on time. You have a low utilization. That is how it's going to help to build and establish your child's credit. Now, if you add your child as an authorized user and then you have late payments and then you start, you know, maxing out the credit cards, it's not only hurting yourself, but it's also hurting that child that is attached to that account. So I always say, if you're going to add your child, make sure that you're going to be of someone that is going to pay bills on time and be very responsible with it. Because like I said, it's not just yourself, it's also your child or whomever else you've added as an authorized user. Uh -huh. All right, that's a good advice. Now, I say maybe a client uh, come to meet you uh, somewhere in Louisiana or in another part of the U.S. Uh, that want to benefit from your service. And this client have a bad credit record and you want to help him or her straighten out this record. What do you do? Tell me the process. Yes. Yeah, so I do a lot of coaching <clears throat> and I'm very. Up 
I set the I set the standards. I set the tone from the very first call. I explain what I'm able to do and what I'm not able to do. And I kind of lay out a foundation as far as the time frame. I tell them, okay, what are your goals? I want to know what are you working towards? What are your financial goals? They say buy a home. Okay, well, what's the time frame? If they tell me a month or two months, if it's something that I'm not able to do, I'll let them know from the very beginning that this is not something that I'm, I'm able to do. We might not be a good fit working together because I don't want someone thinking that they can get results overnight. Um, but if I have someone that signs up, it's a lot of also coaching. I tell them it's a process, but you have to trust the process. Credit repair is between three people, myself, the credit repair specialist, the client, and then the credit bureaus. And when we all work together, myself and the client mainly, we will see results quicker. Okay, so if I'm working on disputing clients, a negative item. So what I do is I get the client's credit report. I look at the negative items, anything that's not accurate. And then I find out, okay, well, is this your debt or is this not your debt? Because I need to know what belongs to you, what doesn't belong to you. If it's anything that is inaccurate or not correct, that's those are the items that I'm able to verify. But I let clients know, if this is your debt, this is your debt. The item might come off, However, it might come back on because it's still truly your debt. It still belongs to you. So in those cases, it might be best to just call the credit company, you know, the credit um, collection company and see, will you offer a settlement? If I pay for this, this collection, will this item be removed from my report once it's, once it's paid? If they're able to delete it once it's paid, then that's great because now you have taken care of your debt. You've, you know, you've made the payment, they've removed it. But a lot of times, sometimes the best route to take, if it's something that is your debt that you can pay for, it's just going ahead and just paying off. It's seeing if they will offer up, you know, a settlement. A lot of times the companies, whenever they sell your the collection from different companies, they've already gotten paid on it. So they've received their cut of the money. So a lot of times they will offer a settlement. If you off, if the bill might be, $500, they might be willing to, uh, you know, um, accept $350 for the payment to have it settled. But the key to that is before paying off any debt, always make sure that it will be deleted off your credit report once paid. Sometimes a company will just put, put it as paid, but then it still stays in your credit report. And if it's still in your credit report, it's still not a good item on there. It's still a negative item that was not really going to help your scores to increase. So the best way is for whenever to be completely removed off. That can be done by disputing it with the credit bureaus. You know, I, I send letters to the credit bureaus on behalf of the clients. If the credit bureau, if they're able to verify that the debt belongs to the client, then the, the items are on there. But if the if the credit bureau are not able is not able to verify that it is the client's debt, that's how the items can be deleted off. So what I do, I do a couple rounds of letters. So I do one letter every 30, 35 days. We wait for the feedback from the credit bureaus and then we kind of move on. The process, it takes anywhere from six months to a year. It just depends. You know, if someone doesn't have that many items on their credit report, it's not going to take as long 
opposed to someone who has a lot of negative items. That's going to take a little bit longer. But it's very important that we all work together because if I'm working on a credit report and then the client goes and has a late payment or has a new collection item on there, then I can't see the work I'm doing because they're steady adding negative items to what I'm doing. So it's best to work together. And I, I like to set those expectations from our initial phone call to, you know, to explain this is how it is. This is how it goes. This is, you know, this is the best way to see the results is if we all work together. Yeah. We need cooperation to, to make it succeed. Correct. All right. Now, That's this is a period goal. that, yeah, yeah, please go. No, 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 go on, go on. Oh, no, I was just going to say that because that is the end goal. The end goal is for them to graduate my program, have a clean credit profile, but also have that knowledge that they can move on and, you know, still be financially literate, that they have the information that they need, that they can pass on to others that they meet, their friends, their family. And then that way it just spreads. And then that's how we all become financially literate. You know, that's how we make the world a better place, just by passing on the positive information to others. That's how we that's build great. our communities as well. That's great. That's great for our community also. Because if we have more people that are knowledgeable about these things, then it will certainly continue to influence other people that are around us. That's great. Now, another thing also that is important for us, of course, within the realm of our discussion today is about wealth. How do you build generational wealth? That is important for us too. Yes, it is. So the best way I would tell my clients to build generational wealth is to invest invest your money, save your money, but also find find things that can help make you spend your money, but what's going to make money from what you invested. You know, you want to be able to make money in your sleep, you know. You you want to be able to get deposits coming in from from things that you're not even doing. So it's important to just invest. You can invest in real estate, you can invest in anything, but Find something that's going to benefit you to where you can pass on to your generations to come. If it can be, like I said, homes or it can be starting a business or, you know, things, even ebooks. You know, I sell ebooks and I put it out on different sites and I get money just from selling ebooks, just from people going to my website, you know, $5 here, $10 there. Eventually it, it adds up, you know. Um, you can have courses. So there's different ways that you can you can take a business. It can be one business, but then you can have different streams of income um, from the business. So like myself, I do credit repair, you know, but I have ebooks. I have courses. I have um, do it yourself for people that want to do it themselves. Um, I have kids book as well that teaches financial literacy for children. So it's different ways that you can you can make money off of that one one business, just the different streams of income and just also investing and making sure that that money is able to help bring in more money as well. But uh, entrepreneurship itself is a great way to build generational wealth, I believe, just starting starting businesses and just, you know, being able to hire people in the community. We're able to 
you know, have more jobs in our community, more business in our community. And so we support one another, like we support the people that we don't know, like we support the celebrities that we don't know. But if we can actually support each other in our communities, that's how our communities will continue to grow and continue to thrive as well. Because thrive that's is very great. important. <laughs> that's great. That's great. In the community, we need to help ourselves because I usually say here we are hundreds of millions of people in the diaspora. We should be able to help ourselves. There is something that I that I do that you might benefit from. There is something you do I might benefit from. Instead of going taking this money to some other persons, why don't we share it among ourselves? I help you, you help me, we grow. Okay, we are not going to go into details of some of this why we are not doing that because we are not doing it enough within the diaspora community. We prefer to go and do business with other people, uh, spend the money there. We, we work very hard to get the money, but we don't spend the money among ourselves. I remember one thing my, my, my brother used to tell me. He was living with me here in Italy before he eventually went to Nigeria. If, he, uh, if I want to buy something, he would tell me, hey, there is that person that looks like us. He's coming from our place. He have a shop. Go there and buy. Maybe it might even be more expensive there than another person that have the same goods. He would tell me, hey, go there and buy from that person because it's, it's one of us. That is how I think we can build our community. The one who knows should teach the one who do not know. If somebody opens a business, this person is part of the community, go there and buy. Sometimes maybe it might be a little more expensive compared to some other persons. But you don't know why the other people are able to sell their own cheaper. So buy from this person who is like you because then he can get more, um, earn more, and the community become a little bit richer. I think that is very important for, it's a sacrifice that we need to make to make sure our community grow bigger and richer. Then we can be able to create more incentive and create more facility that we can all enjoy and then live for our generation, for the, for the younger generations. All right, now, <laughs> now, um, within your community, within where you live, maybe in Louisiana, how do you uh, describe the participation or how do you see the participation of the people around in terms of creating this generational wealth? How do, how do you, how, what do you say about that? Yes, I, I say that I noticed that the, my company, my friends, my associates, they are, and you mentioned it earlier far as, you know, when you, when you're an entrepreneur, you kind of find that you're friends with entrepreneurs as well. So I have a lot of friends that are like-minded like myself, and we pretty much have the same values, the same beliefs. You know, we work towards the same common goals and we work together. We work together in the community. Um, it is free to support your friends. You can just share a post on social media, word of mouth. Uh, that is so important and it's, it's essential, it's definitely needed because that's how we grow. So I can say that I have a lot of friends in the community that are working really hard for the next generation. They're working really hard with bringing, you know, starting businesses and also hiring people so that we can, you know, have people at more jobs. More jobs is better. It's better for the economy. Um, we're able to build different things far as like parks and schools. That's from, you know, our everyone in the community working together, keeping the money in the community as well. Like you said, why spend from someone, you know, that you don't know when you can support someone right here in the same community as you 
and that's that's just going to help. So I do see that there's a lot of people that I know that are doing doing their part when making the community a better place. That's not everyone, but I can see that I feel like it is. There's a lot of people that are doing a lot of good for the community as well. Thank you so much for that, Latasha. Now, um, for people that want to do business with you, because we're also here to promote also what we are doing. Um, now, how can they reach out to you? I wanted to use this few seconds to promote yourself. Tell them how to get to you, um, perhaps what they will benefit by reaching out to you. Please go ahead. Yes. So definitely it would be beneficial to not only yourself, to your family, to your friends, um, to your future by working on building your credit, working on learning the knowledge of the basics, the basic needs of the difference between credit versus debit, savings, you know, interest rates. It's good to know that information. It's very good because a lot of times when you don't have the knowledge, you will pay higher for items just because you don't know how to bargain. You don't know how to say, hey, I saw this on this price. I should be able to get it for this price. If you don't have that, the knowledge of being able to just talk your way into getting what you need and having that confidence as well, a lot of times you'll pay more. So very beneficial to, to work with my work with me. You know, I also provide coaching service as well. So it's not just far as for people that have bad credit. It could be for people who just want to learn how to budget. There's a lot of clients that have good credit, but they're they're not good at budgeting. Well, how can I save money so I can kind of help them create a budget plan as well? So I can be reached on my website. You can book a consultation. My website is is OptimumLifeCreditSolutions.com. I'm also on Facebook. I have a business Facebook page. Also, it's Optimum Life Credit Solutions. Or you could also find me on my personal page under my name, Natasha Ramsey Cyprian, as well. Um, so it's very beneficial, not just for the credit part, but that is important as well. But there's a lot of other services that I, I offer. I also um, offer business formation because I'm very, very, uh, very, um, think of the word, passionate about starting more businesses as well. So I help people that are business owners or want to become business owners just get everything, paperwork done, and you know, everything filed through the state. Getting set up with your EIN number because another goal of myself for myself is help people fix their credit, also to you know start businesses in our communities and more homeowners. I believe that if we have more homeowners, more business owners, that's how our communities will continue to grow. And I always say the word thrive because it's not just surviving. We don't want to just survive. We actually want to thrive. We want to you know live and and be at peace and be happy. So. Services are that I provide will help to improve your overall quality of life in general. Thank you so much for that. We appreciate that. And we hope that you can expand more and more so you can save more people in the community. Thank you so much for that. Now, in relation to what we have discussed today about credit and how to grow wealth in the community, what would be your final thought? What is your conclusion here? My final thought is to just do it. Do it scared, do it afraid, but to do it. Change your mindset, break those generational curses, know that you are worthy of living a life 
that you, you know, that you are destined to live. You don't have to accept the minimum. You can, you, you deserve abundance. You deserve to have an abundance mindset as well. So do it, make the changes, you know, put your pride to the side. It's worth it. You will, you will appreciate it as well. A couple months from now, a year from now, you'll be so happy that you decided to, to take that step to make a difference in your life, not only in your life, but for the lives of those to follow. Because a lot of times people are watching. We are we inspire a lot of people. So it's important that we live a life that others will want to, you know, be like us. They want to, you know, they see what we're doing. So let's set good examples for everyone. Thank you so much, my sister. I really appreciate that. That is really, really valuable as a, as a recommendation, as an advice. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. All right. Thanks to all of you that have listened to the end of this conversation. And like uh, Latasha have said, yes, we are a call to service. Let's serve the community. Let's become a light for other people to follow. Why not? Those that are listening to you or those that are watching you are trying to see how you can inspire them. And that is actually what we are called to do, to inspire others so that this co the community, the society we are living in can grow more and more. Because there is more that we can actually do instead of just staying there and complaining. So let become the opportunity that people are looking for, the inspiration, so that they can actually do more. So thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate your time. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Obehead Podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remain Obehead A14. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you in the next episode.